Is it wise for a girlfriend and a boyfriend to travel together, to stay in the same hotel? Should they? It's a question we regularly get, and this time is from a young woman. Hello, Pastor John. My boyfriend and I plan to leave in three weeks for a trip we scheduled five months ago. My mother said she fears for us and for the temptations that could arise during the trip. I have assured her that while we have fallen into temptation in the past, we have desperately sought God and other Christians' counsel to confront that pattern, and we truly have laid it at the foot of the cross. After discussing this respectfully and in full, we concluded that all would be fine. Today, my mother again confronted me and tells me that she believes we are dishonoring God, even though we will be staying in separate rooms the entire week. While I am frustrated, I also do not want to dishonor my parents' wishes. I'm troubled in wondering if we are dishonoring God by traveling together before marriage. Well, you know, I've thought about this question, and, and uh, I've, got, I've got ideas that I'm going to give in just a minute. But just listening to you, Tony, uh, read the question again, I kind of get my back up about mm. this guy. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, Absolutely. I, I mean, I mean, ask what to say to the young woman. Yeah. I, I'll say it, but as you read it, I just want to say, guy, come mm. on, mm. come on, show your respect for this mom. Save this trip. Okay, that's enough of that. Yeah. I, let me get to no, my that's answer. Good. <laughs> that's important. Let me give you three reasons from from the Bible why I think the ethical instincts of your mother are right. I think it's unwise for an unmarried couple to take a trip like this together. And not only unwise, but contrary to three biblical guidelines. But first, let me suggest why I think this is even an issue between you and your mother. Probably 50 years ago, when I was 20, taking a three-week trip as an unmarried couple would have been more unthinkable than it is today. Now, why is that? Hmm. For two reasons, at least. One is that sex outside marriage is considered normal today by the world. And so avoiding situations where it might more easily happen is pointless in the wider culture. So there's less cultural support for the conviction that such trips are unwise. That's the first reason it's even an issue. Cultural change like that, not a healthy change. Uh, The other reason is that for 50 years, there has been a growing pressure culturally to treat men and women as though they were the same, which means that it should be be just as legitimate to take a trip with a young woman as it is with a young man. Otherwise, it's unjust. Now, I regard both of these cultural transformations as tragic and leading toward much sin and much sorrow, hurt, damage in all kinds of ways and relations. It requires a strong confidence and courage for a young person to swim against such cultural tides. Mm. And I hope that you will be that kind of strong, confident, courageous person. And I hope this boyfriend will be as well. So that's the setting. That's the setting that I think creates the present conflict. Now, here are the three biblical teachings that I think should cause you not to take that trip 
and save it for when you're, you're married. Number one, God has created the human body and mind in such a way that those who are in love desire very strongly to touch each other and move towards sexual climax together. That's normal. It's inevitable that that desire would happen. And God has made provision for the joy of that relationship, that satisfaction in marriage and nowhere else. You have already discovered, you said so, that extended time together, especially in private, makes those desires very strong. They've led you already into sexual activity you regret. If you love to please the Lord in purity of mind and body, here's the guidance that God gives from Romans 13, 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. That term, make no provision, means don't put yourself in an unnecessary position that will likely stir up desires that you cannot control. If you say, well, we can control them, I would remind you of two things. One, God warns us that desires are deceitful. Ephesians 4.22, they're deceitful. And sin is deceitful. Hebrews 3.13, this means that the desires of the body have a huge power over the mind and the will to make you think and will foolishly. That's their power. Mm. And some temptations, therefore, are to be avoided, not just resisted. God could indeed catch Jesus if he jumped off the temple. Mm -hmm. He could. Easy, easy, easy. God can do that. Just like he could keep you from fornication. But Jesus said to Satan, I'm not going to jump. Period. And his reason was what yours should be. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Mm. Luke 4.12. God could, if he willed, keep you pure on such a trip, but his warnings are such that you should say, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test on this one. That's number one. Number two, here's the second biblical teaching that should cause you to save this trip for when you're married. Most of the people in the world, both religious and irreligious, assume that if you are traveling together, you will sleep together. Most who see you will not even know you have separate rooms, and the others will think that separate rooms are not going to keep you from sleeping together. After all, for most young people today, sex before marriage is normal. They would see you as just fitting in. That's what they would assume. So, to the biblically formed people, they will assume you're careless, if not sinning, and to the non-biblical people, the ones you should care about a lot, will assume you are having sex. That's what you're going to assume. There's no, way, no, no other way they can think about you as they watch you. But here's what God says about these kinds of observations from the world. It's, he says, walk properly. It's a very interesting word. Euskemanos. Uprightly, properly, fittingly, suitably. Walk properly before outsiders. 1 Thessalonians 4.12. Or give thought to what is 
honorable in the sight of all, Romans 12, 17. Or we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man, 2 Corinthians 8, 21. So if you love Christ more than the fun of such a trip, and you want your lives to speak clearly about his standards of purity, I don't think you will prioritize this trip over your commitment to communicate clearly the beauty of Christ's standards of purity. And that trip does not communicate that. Number three, by taking this trip or not taking it, you weaken or strengthen the standards of other Christians, especially younger ones, who may be even weaker than you are, and are looking for more justification to do what you're about to do. Paul says, If food makes my brother stumble, I'll never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Now, how much more would he avoid a three-week trip that will further normalize a practice that most people will simply not be able to carry out with sexual purity? Let me say that again. How much more would Paul say, I'm not going to take a three-week trip that will further normalize a practice that most people will simply not be able to carry out with sexual purity? Do you have a right to take this trip in your Christian freedom? Probably. That's just not the issue, Paul would say. Paul said, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry, 2 Corinthians 6.3. For Paul, this meant not doing things that he had every right to do. The issue is not rights. Hmm. The issue is love and purity and whether you will participate in a cultural pattern that is destructive in the long run. So, because of those three biblical teachings, I think your mother's moral instincts about this trip are right. And I would encourage you, save the joy of that kind of extended togetherness for marriage. You won't regret it. Solid wisdom. Pastor John, thank you. These are the questions we really appreciate. Uh, you know, tricky life situation that calls for biblical thought to process carefully. And if you're in such a situation, send us your question by going to our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash John, and click on the box that says submit a question. We do our best to address the principles of those situations while asking you to also lean on the Christian friends and parents and pastors God has put around you. We are no replacement for those people. We seek to supplement them with some considerations from Scripture. Well, in the last third of the book of Proverbs, the theme of the quarrelsome wife is brought up five times in Proverbs 19.13, 21.9, 21.19, 25.24, and 27.15. And those references lead some to conclude that a husband is encouraged to separate from such a wife. But is he? That's the question up next on Friday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you then.